0: i listen to the black guy who tips podcast because rod and karen are hot hey welcome to another episode of the black guy who tips podcast i am your host rod and i'm joined by my co-host karen and okay she sounded a little unsure of who (laughs) she was there
1: i am karen y'all i'm sorry okay I, I was fumbling back here i'm good
0: all right karen is here and uh if you looked in the show notes or pro- possibly the title or if you're just live in the chat room and you have your camera on or you have your uh your video on we are joined by a guest a friend of the show yes. friend of real life mike capling what's going on man
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Hey, I'm
1: glad you're back. And I'm very, very jealous of Roger. Roger has got to meet you twice. I haven't met you Mm. once.
2: (laughs) So that is on
1: my list of things to do.
2: It'll happen. I'm, I mean, it, fe- it really, it's surprising. I'm like, oh, that's right. I mean, we, I feel like we're so close here. We're like just inches away, our faces on the screen, <laughs> but somehow I understand that it's not the same. I'll as, have to. Uh
0: i have to arrange to have uh mike as a surprise guest at one of our lunches karen I'll, Thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll, i like uh i like having him as a secret plus one so um, I'll, yes
1: i'm okay with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh mike how have you been man i feel like it's been a little while since we talked to you i think you got like a haircut since the, you know last time you were on our show mm. yeah that's about it
1: <laughs> um <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I
2: think it's just the length of hair, nothing else doing, everything else the same. Uh, one major facet uh, of life change that is happening is uh, I've been living in uh, this particular building in Brooklyn for the past eight years, and my girlfriend has been living here for the past six years, and we just found out in the past month that uh, neither of us can keep doing that, mm. uh, beyond next month. So at the end of next month, we must, but apparently the building has a boiler system from before there were boilers mm. or systems. They have, uh, <laughs> they have to, they're not up to code, mm. so they have to switch to, uh, electric from gas. And that's going to, the landlord says, and he's, he's a nice man, a nice, a nice, a nice man who is a landlord. Uh, <laughs> and it, it seems like he doesn't want to do this. Uh, a lot of times we, we've been telling, uh people that we have to move and the landlord's doing work on the place for a year and they're like, ah, he just wants to get you out to just jack up the rent and do and who knows, I don't I don't think so because I I mean part of his secret evil plan is to not be able to rent to anyone in the building for a year. He's <laughs> like, ah, that my evil will be deferred, you know. But <laughs> Uh regardless, so the good news, and he gave us one month of free rent uh that he didn't have to wow, because nice. he uh felt bad or maybe, who knows, maybe it is a legal thing that he did have to, but he told us it's legal for him to tell us that it's not legal. Mm. Uh Like, you know how they say that uh, an undercover cop has to tell you and like maybe there's certain things that a landlord doesn't have to tell you. Um He's not an undercover landlord. Maybe I'm the <laughs> undercover landlord that uh, I don't even know myself, but. The point is uh we we so we didn't have to, we've already paid our last month's rent so there's between now and August when my girlfriend and I are going to the Edinburgh Fringe Fest uh for the first time since 2018 which we loved uh and we were going to have to pay double rent like rent in Edinburgh and keep oh. keep our home here but now uh, I've organized enough travel between June and August that we're just gonna put all our stuff in storage mm. and not live anywhere and it's weird and I've never done that uh but we're gonna be you know in California for three weeks and wow. uh, then a few different club weekends uh Arlington Virginia Minneapolis uh, and then to England and Scotland in July so there's only like maybe a week or two where we're gonna have to be like can we live here now please? <laughs> and we have some friends and family members who are my mom's like the Kaplan Airbnb is available in New Jersey
1: <laughs> uh, only
2: to you, not to everyone. But yeah. So we are right now I uh, I'm If you're looking at, if you're watching, you can clearly see the pristine, uh, white backdrop behind me. And if I turned the camera around, you would see, uh, which I'm not going to do. My, Rini, my girlfriend just called from the rest of the room, uh, from the other room. (laughs) She said, no! because it's sort of like you know how before the Big Bang everything was just in one one point, all of the universe just one. It hadn't even differentiated. Perhaps we, it was when we were all part of. If you call the universe God, we were just mm. all there, and there was nothing except for everything. And then there was an explosion, and that is what our apartment looks like. There's uh, an <laughs> the explosion. <big> <laughs> there are yeah, just kind of the the Big Bang is banging. Uh, we got it's pretty banging, you know. It's big banging. <laughs> Uh, don't come and hangin. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got we've been putting. I've been putting my books in boxes, uh, which I call bookses. I don't, but why not? Uh, you can do that if you want. And so yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's that's one thing. That's one everything. That's, that's a happening.
0: big. That's a big thing, man. Mm-hmm. I think one moving is one of the most stressful things for a lot of people. Then, like on top of that, you're not really moving. Moving, you're gonna be like digital nomads but you're not upset with your nice man landlord or i call him a man lord. Yeah. um but you're not yeah. upset with him <laughs> which makes you literally a digital nomad you're not mad uh you're yeah. you're happy to have this opportunity and then your mom's gonna give you the airbnb but only for your family only for you which means it's an airbnb yes. uh just for mike <laughs> 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 that's what i picked up that's
2: I really appreciate that I did once I was like did I tweet that I tweeted once uh that there's nothing in the rule book that says that you can't uh open your doors and let a dog stay in your home and that's called a uh, air mattress um, <laughs> something like that but also you just uh I am I've called myself not a nomad but a yes glad as well <laughs> uh the opposite of a nomad and or the same as a nomad nomad equals yes glad but uh you know i do think you just reminded me that moving i mean i know that moving is one of the most stressful things you can do it's yeah. up there with the kind of uh like stress that even a death can cause yeah. in a family sometimes but uh i think that it's really important for us to look and explore why we were lied to by I, that famous song with that, the there's at least only, maybe there's only one person in the world mm. when they said, I like to move it, move it. But <laughs> most people do not.
0: Mm-mm. I think CC Peniston made a song called Keep on Moving, Don't Stop. And so, uh, uh, that's what it felt like when I was in New York. I had to move like three different Airbnbs in my time mm. there um and you kind of do get used to it i think you know that's the thing about new york you're always hearing is like the living situations because space is at a premium people are moving around people are having roommates um the fact that you had a place for eight years uninterrupted is is is, is, yeah like you were living the, the life right
2: you're right uh you know you know they always say you you don't know what you've got till it's gone and uh, now I know what I've got and it's not even gone yet you don't know what you've got until like a month and a half until it's gone and then you can really appreciate it even though it's an explosion but it is it's been really uh helpful to like I, we both my girlfriend and I have many books hundreds of books mm. and like some of them are really meaningful like some of them are books that I haven't read yet but I'm just like I collect books Uh mm. you know I'm like oh I want like we go to used bookstores like some of them we gotten real cheap or free or being like oh I want to read this and I'm really like sort of drilling down on like do I? I mean, I definitely, on an infinite timeline, if there was infinite time and infinite space, I would keep all of these books in that infinite place, a little poem that I just wrote. <laughs> and uh, given that there's not that, at least in this incarnation, in this human incarnation, and certainly in this apartment's incarnation, I'm like, well. The, here's, do you guys remember when Stephen Colbert did the White House press correspondence, Mm -hmm. uh, dinner Mm -hmm. roast of George W. Bush in like somewhere between, you know, in the mid 2000s? And my favorite line that I think of to this day, he said, uh, George W. Bush. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like George W. Bush is like a man of uh, of principle. Of he's a, a a loyal man. He's like he believes on Wednesday the same thing he believed on Monday, no matter what happened on Tuesday. <laughs> and and that's a really valuable thing to remember because like I'm going through these books and I'm like. First, do I really, do I think I will read this? Like, mm-hmm. maybe. Do I want, when will I read it? I've owned it for six years. Will right. I, will I read it in the next six years? Maybe. Like, could I, some of them get it out of the library? Absolutely. Some of them, I'm like, really being honest with myself. Which are the ones that I want to read? Which are the ones that I want to want to read? Right. And I'm having the experience of like, and now I you're... just bought this one, like, and now,
0: now that you're physically putting them in storage there's literally a weight and a cost to these decisions like the faith that you had i want to have the faith in me that i had when i bought the book you know what i mean like i wish i had that kind of faith in me at all times like the other day i was driving home um and i saw like a homeless person and they had a dog right and you know normally all these hat comedians will make jokes you know like oh you're homeless why you got a dog or whatever but i was like man i can't keep a plant alive in my house that homeless Ah. person believes in themselves in a way that i don't like i wish i'm envious of their ability to be like i don't necessarily need to know exactly where i'm gonna sleep tonight to know that i can take care of this dog and I, like and I feel like the same, can't
1: do. yeah, I feel like that's the it same way mean, I am
0: with books. Like when I, that is my most optimistic self is me buying a book. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, yep, gonna knock this out, gonna read this. And then it's sitting on the shelf.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, especially now, right now we live like 10 minute walk from a library. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, since like, I think I only really started getting books from the library during, uh, like since the pandemic began, mm. like on a regular basis, I was like, I like having a book, but I really like, uh, there's a, there's an Ani DeFranco lyric that I love that, uh, my, my girlfriend does not love. So close, close your ears. Don't listen. Don't think about it. <laughs> but it's, uh, my, my body's on loan. I got it between my mom and some maggots. Mm. And I like thinking about that. Especially because I'm like, well, I'm on I'm on loan from the universe, this incarnation and my the books are as well. So it's like, you know, an owning what what even is owning Mm -hmm. Uh, like it's like there's things here. And like you said, they take up time. They take up space, time and space both are money. I'm so money, I don't even know it. Uh, I don't even own the movie Swingers. But this is all to say, I was picking up one book. And I was like, but I just bought this. And I had this idea of like, but how could I have just bought it? And now I'm going to sell it or give it away or get rid of it. It seems like it's like the sunk cost fallacy. It's like, yes. I can't do that. I need to carry it around and have it cost me more money and time and energy and space. But the circumstances, the Monday, like what happened on Tuesday in the metaphor, in the George Bush, Stephen Colbert metaphor here, what happened on Tuesday is we learned that we must move. Right. So on Monday, I was like, I can have all these books. And on Wednesday, I can be like, uh, I can't. I mean, I can have all these books. But the version of myself that didn't know what was about to happen, who like he he wasn't wrong to buy right. all the books. But. I would be I it would be foolish and impractical of me to continue to hold on to the identity I have from a few months ago as someone who doesn't need to move but the person <laughs> who, who needs to move it's like you know you know when uh, when animals uh like do tr- you know the expression like to like you know you you shit a brick you were scared when you're scared like some animals really do shit when they have to escape a predator right. because it lightens their – it literally lightens their load. They unload, and then they can run faster right. because they can be more aerodynamic with less in their system. So what I'm saying is I just a uh, shit
0: a brick of books, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. The predator in this, in this
0: uh, is, is the real estate. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: a landlord. Capitalism, yeah. yeah.
0: Capitalism is the predator. We're always shitting bricks, lightening and load. Um, where do you think your books, you'll put your books? Like, where do you, will you just give them away? Do you have a, one of those, like, white people, uh, book libraries sitting in the <laughs> middle of the street, you know?
2: Uh- Thank you for asking. We do, I do live in a neighborhood full of white people book libraries, which I believe is. Uh, we call them tiny libraries. That we don't like to, uh, you know, call the non-spade a non-spade. You know? But uh, here's what I've been doing. So for the past many years, since I lived in Boston, there's a bookstore up there, an uh, independent bookstore called the Harvard Bookstore. And they have, like, a huge used section in the basement. And, like, the last time I moved, and since then, I've just, every time I go to Boston, Boston, which I do, like, a few times a year, I would, like, store up my books, bring them there, sell them there, get store credit, you know, give them, like, you know, uh, thousands of dollars worth of books, Mm -hmm. and then come away with, you know, dozens of dollars worth of books. (laughs) And, uh, And so I... And then for the books they don't take, I would go to The Strand in New York City, like the big... I think it's the biggest bookstore in New York that I know of, at least, that they have new and used books. And they will always take all of the like even if they don't buy the books they buy some of them from you but then they're like if you don't want to take these away like we will get we will get rid of them in Mm -hmm. some way Mm -hmm. and so now i've started selling a lot more of my books at the strand but Mm -hmm. here finally the uh, the headliner of the answer of this question those were just (laughs) the openers (laughs) (laughs) i will tell you this uh, it's funny. Uh, the person in the uh, think pretty smart in the comments who said store credit to get more books. Yes, but you don't have to get them now. But right. here's the thing: is I told my mom this is we're almost there. This is a guest spot on the way to the headliner. <laughs> of the end of this question. But my, my I was on the on the phone with my mom while I was waiting in line to sell books at the Strand, and my mom was like, "Oh, I actually have like a bunch of books that you might could sell as well if you want." And I was like, "Mom, we're trying to get books out right now. We're not. I'm not trying to. Like, <laughs> I am trying to." sell books, but I'm trying to sell the books I have. I'm not trying to go into business as a bookseller (laughs) currently. And here is a, a quick fun thing about my mom. And books as well is uh, my mom. Some she sends me email forwards, and I love her, and I'm grateful for them. And every once in a while, it's like a jacket. I, I bought a she bought me a jacket, or I bought a jacket, and she found she's like then starts selling me uh, advertisements for other jackets, like Amazon. Is like, oh, you bought one of these. You're the kind of person that buys one of these. I'm like, I, I have one of these, right. and so. Uh, Barnes & Noble is particularly insidious in the way that they have managed to get around my spam filter by getting my mom to email me their uh, their advertisements. <laughs> so,
1: uh, and now, uh. the moment
2: you've all been waiting for, the thing that I'm doing with my books that I think is the most interesting is uh, over, since, I think, Saturday and yesterday, I had a, a show in New Jersey City and I had a show in Providence, Rhode Island. And I, I normally after the show sell CDs, download codes, and posters lately. And I now brought a bunch of books. On Saturday, I did a show called Sacred Comedy. So I brought a, a handful, like a dozen to two dozen books that I have that I'm like, I've read some. My girlfriend's read some. We just have amassed them, but they're in the spiritual realm. Books by like, uh, Buddhist nuns and monks and like val- valuable, like meditation guides. And so I was like, After the show, if you buy a CD, if you buy a poster, if you buy anything from me, you can also take a book for free. And so Mm. there's people that are like, I kind of just want the book. I'm like, well, if you buy one of my albums and if you buy one of my posters, then you can have this book for free because, I mean, I'm sure I could sell them the book as well. But I'm just like, look, free book with price, with cost Mm. of, uh, of supporting my comedy and, It's really, it's been really valuable. I feel like it's a cool, it's cool. Like I, I get to shit these books away and, (laughs) you know, one man's shit is another person's treasure. And so people get a cool book. They get to help us unburden ourselves and empty our home and, uh, and they get a comedy album or a poster. So that, those are the, and also we, so to answer your question in full, at some point, uh we'll have gotten rid of all the books that we want to at bookstores, at comedy shows and uh free tiny white people libraries and or just on the street. Like my my neighborhood uh in Brooklyn, people just like often like it's like a bookstore, it's like a thrift shop on the street uh frequently.
0: So I have many thoughts. First, um when you book a gig, you also gig a book. Like that's oh. <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, bars and noble was spamming you but then your mom started sending you bars and noble I feel like spam from your mom spam okay we just invented a new thing <laughs> your mom is yes. spamming you and then I think the tiny libraries that white people have should be called little you know Lilberry's is perfect.
1: <laughs> oh, oh that's adorable. Yes.
0: It, it is adorable. That's nice. Take a book, leave a book, you know. Uh Karen, yes. me and Mike, we get to talking and I know, you know, it's hard to get a word in edgewise. Uh anything you need to drop before we go to the next uh, thing. Just want to <laughs> make sure you're not leaving, feeling left out.
1: No, I'm not feeling left out either. I love to hear uh, Mike uh, tell us his uh, stories. You're <laughs> one of my <laughs> favorite guests because I'll side, we don't have to do a lot of work we just asked (laughs) a question and we have a 10 minute rant i was like okay cool
0: i like that karen's like we don't have to do a lot of work (laughs) i run the show and i do the segments and i have news articles and things to get to so i do a lot of work but karen doesn't have to but we we karen and i don't have to do a lot of work it's uh, (laughs) that's
2: right we might (laughs) if i had to talk
0: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i'm just setting you guys up to do your thing um but let's uh let's get into some news of the day i I like when mike comes by uh Mm -hmm. and then we get to talk about some topical things uh there's news that's happened the biggest news right now oh wait actually you know what in order to know where to put a commercial later i'm gonna play like a musical interlude uh so let me play some music real quick and we'll be back in like 20 seconds We're back from those ads
1: that beat goes hard
0: I love that beat that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite beats Uh shout out to Infrared Crypto Uh t- so many talented listeners uh, to the show Uh the biggest news Dominion and Fox News have reached a 787 and a half million dollar settlement in the defamation lawsuit the trial was literally going on like now and this is like kind of breaking news mm-hmm. um and it was looking bad for fox like their internal emails were being exposed it was becoming obvious that they knew how damaging the stuff was but it was just too profitable um one of the things i'll be watching with this is a lot of times when there's a settlement that's because they've agreed to like certain conditions yes and that'll probably end up taking on the form of like fox news having to like either apologize or routinely Put some type of thing on the air of like, yeah, we, we were wrong. We fucked up. We, we, we said this thing happened and it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's better than them losing the case if you're Fox News. <laughs> like, cause I don't think they had a case to win, but no, what a, what a, like this is to me, this is a huge moment for like the truth. Cause it's just something that we have lost, especially in the news realm. Of conservative news for like the last probably, I don't know, 10 years, if not longer. We've just kind of, it's just kind of been like truth optional, you know, like, uh, I don't feel like telling the truth. Yeah. That was not on my side. And now to have someone actually bring a lawsuit and win, I think is huge. I,
1: I think that, uh, they're, I might be wrong, but this is my, uh, hypothesis, my thesis. Hmm? I think that they're going to have to publicly apologize. Uh, which is why they settled. Because I think if they didn't be like, nah, we ain't selling. They were like, okay, fuck you. We're going to go for the whole bill. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to make you pay. Because the thing is, you was big and bad and bold and went out and shouted it in public. So guess what? Apologize with that same energy. Mm -hmm. Like, we told y'all that there was nothing wrong with our systems, but y'all was was like, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Y'all making shit up. So if I was them... Oh, you show put like this. I'm old school. You show your ass in public, you apologize in
0: public. Right. Mike, what do you think? Uh
2: yeah, I'm I agree that if you show your ass in public and you do (laughs) apologize in public. I mean, I'm glad That, like, often what happens is, you know, when, like, during a, you know, presidential election, like, cycle, when there's, like, all kinds of lies being told, like, you know, on, like, the debate stages, right? And then you'll see, like, there'll be headlines of people get to see the thing that is said that isn't true, but then, like, the retraction is often, like, you know, the next day in print instead of on TV, uh, and it's on page, you know, seven, and, like, hardly – And people only get to hear, like, the loud headline. So I think it, it would be, I think it would be fair and balanced, as Fox News, (laughs) I understand, is, like, for them to have to, like, like you said, like, have on their show just as loud and just as, like, as much airtime as they dedicated to the lies. Like, I'd say double to the truth. Because, like, as you have to do enough to undo it, and then, and then the real story. So be like, un, so lie, unlie, truth right. is what I would say. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't even understand, like, these, these numbers. It is, like, you know, almost $800 million, which sounds like a lot. I think they wanted, you know, one and a half billion mm-hmm. or so. Uh, and so it. it seems like it's, you know, just a, a gamble. They're like, uh, you know, probably, I mean, Who among us wouldn't in the face of having to pay one and a half billion if we could escape with a guaranteed only half of that be like oh
0: well we got off easy it's also Uh, weird because you know that there's conversations taking place before they even go to trial mm -hmm. there's and and and, you know dominion i'm sure was willing to take like uh some money and an apology early yes but it feels like this is just the the i don't know if it's like a tv lawyer thing or what but it feels like this is the way it goes is you just go no i don't think so i'll just take it to trial impossible no way and then as soon as you get into trial it's like all right guys it's time to settle all right i don't know what i was thinking me (laughs) it was like me who bought the book a month ago
2: (laughs) is how fox news
0: must have felt about this case (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have
2: I have a new idea specifically uh that uh, somebody in the chat I uh, said, say, say it every MF show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that MF is abbreviated, but bitch is not. And, <laughs> uh, say it every motherfucking show, B. <laughs> M- <laughs> I think it should be like the way that warnings are on cigarettes. You know, that there's yes. like a little skull and crossbones and be like, look, one out of three chance this might lead to lung cancer. So just just maybe a, a Chiron or like a little yes. thing in the lower left hand corner of Fox News. It'd be like, you know, May or may not contain the truth. Just like all the time. (laughs) Breaking news. We were lying. And we breaking news. We've been
0: breaking news for a long time. (laughs) Broken news. Um, (laughs) Yeah. so I think that's a good thing. Uh they put out a statement, uh Fox News said, uh this settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. We are hopeful that our decision to resolve this dispute with with Dominion uh, amicably, instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial, allows the country to move forward from these issues. I'm going to be honest, I'm not i was not not moving forward you know what i mean yeah, like I, 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 wasn't I wasn't waiting on the conclusion of this trial <laughs>
1: and you and you know what it's been a running joke all week but who wrote i think chat gbt wrote this
0: that apologize that <laughs> <Yes. conversation>, yeah <laughs> right
1: because it's like who is we who is we yeah. just need to move on past this moment
2: um i mean mm-hmm. like the very thing that you just said that they said like that this is our Continuing, you know, uh, commitment to right. to the truth. Like, well, it's definitely not a continuing. There was some <laughs> yeah. sort of breakdown at one point. There had to be, like, yeah, we've been telling the truth the whole time, including now right. in our apology for not telling the truth yeah. or for paying these people that we lied about. Like it, yeah. But look, we're we came clean because you made us. Right. So you it's You is literally to give us some credit.
0: Is literally impossible for them to be here if they were committed to telling the truth all the time right that's hilarious um uh in other news uh there are people apparently who go to visit um Auschwitz which is of course um a concentration camp uh from the holocaust and Auschwitz had to put out a reminder to people to say stop posing for pictures like influencers at yes oh and
1: and and and, and it's and it's and it's one of the things that really really frustrates me uh because they do this on plantations too Mm -hmm. and you're like hey don't do it like why are y'all having weddings they'll they'll have weddings
0: i think first of all plantation weddings are is super whack but there's almost a built-in excuse to be smiling. If, if you're the kind of person that had a wedding at a plantation, you're gonna be smiling in the pictures. This is there's only one reason people visit Auschwitz, right? Like there's not even like a mixed message of like, well, some people think it's like a good time. No, it's it's not a good time for anybody. And so yeah, they they show people they're walking the the tracks and posing and taking pictures, walking the tracks. Well, they think this shit is fucking cool. That, this like did they not go inside how do they know not to do this (laughs) because people are dumb
1: and everybody thinks that everything they do is a social media moment versus actually just taking in the environment and like like we live in a society now where my personal experience like this it will be a personal experience for me Right, you know, for something like this, but for a lot of people, they want to, you know, kind of show the outside, which I'm pretty sure they don't mind. But they was like, just take pictures, don't be posing, you yeah, know, like you yeah. taking a family
0: reunion. They video. put when you come to o- the Auschwitz Osh- Osh- Museum, remember you are at a site where over one million people were killed. Respect their memory. There are better places to learn how to walk on a balance beam than the site which symbolizes deportation of hundreds <laughs> of thousands to their deaths. Right. So oh man that's that is hilarious
2: that's the official auschwitz account yeah, like who's really like <laughs> i that that's so funny that reminds me of I don't know the name of the newspaper, but there's an Israeli newspaper from years ago, and I know even Israel. Uh, there's, like, there's so many nuanced things going on, uh, there right now, Mm -hmm. and like, including people rising up, the Israeli people rising up to, you know, combat the policies of the Israeli government the same way that, you know, the US government doesn't represent all of the views of the US people, the Israeli government doesn't represent all the views of the Israeli people, but, so there was a cool Israeli newspaper years ago that I learned about There was a they responded to and I think it was an Iranian newspaper. There was some some anti-Semitic newspaper Mm. and again, not all Iranians, but there was a particular like anti-Semitic newspaper that put out a call for Holocaust jokes, not run by Jews, not about you. They're like, let's have a Holocaust joke contest. And so in response, the Israeli newspaper was like, oh, if you're going to have a Holocaust joke competition. Well, in response we're gonna have a holocaust joke competition and so that i thought that that was like a hilarious classy thing to do like you know like oh you're like an m eight mile kind of thing like mm. you're gonna make fun of me you're gonna roast me you're gonna rap battle me well i'm gonna i'm gonna do it first i'm gonna say everything about me like you know i can make fun of you know i can say things about my mom but you can't say things about my mom mm. like and <laughs> so i love that auschwitz in this in this very i mean it's such a a, one of the most serious things right. in the world the the Holocaust, and right. Auschwitz is like, "Please respect us and making a joke while yeah. doing it, which is like I feel like classic classic Jewish,
0: yeah, you know it feels almost like when um it's funny when you're when someone is funny but they're also like mad for real, and you know what I mean <laughs> yes. like you know those people that are like they're funny all the time, but they're mad sometimes and even they're funny is fun even they're mad is funny funny. yes it felt like that where it's like almost like look at this motherfucking thing it's a balance beam you know you're like yeah why does he think it's a balance beam that is ridiculous that it it is also offensive but it's also patently ridiculous and a a lot of offensive things are patently ridiculous so it kind of makes sense
2: yeah, it's, I mean, there's nothing even really, there's so few things on the scope of the Holocaust or genocide or right. what's going on, what happened at Auschwitz. But, like, even, can you even imagine, like, an influencer, like, posing at a funeral, you know, like, going, like, just, that's kind of what, right. it, you know, it's like they a thing do. that represents mass
0: Death. Yeah, yeah. And, people and, it like, only, and it only and do. it can we and it only represents one thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of the few things in, in like that humanity has decided. Like this just means one thing. Like even in our most divided time right now, where everyone thinks things mean what they want them to mean. Not Auschwitz. Like, we're like, no, that's the one place we know what it is. If you bought the ticket, or you, like, got, the, if you got to the museum, you know what you know, know what, you, what can. Time, you know what happens in there. No one's in there dancing and shit. Uh, okay, alright, let's go to TikTok Auschwitz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hype house.
1: Um, and you know what? The, uh, the thing about it is, uh, in those pics, maybe it's just me, I see no brown people
0: yeah i mean mm. uh yeah that that was that's a valid point uh <laughs> so i guess we know how to behave uh i guess i don't i don't i mean <laughs> i would assume that we're uh there there's probably a lot of reasons there aren't like a lot of brown people there um but also there's the fact that like uh the kind of it's, it's like a catch-22 it's kind of like the black history museum the kind of person that really needs to visit might be yeah. the kind of person that would think you can do balance beam on a fucking railroad you know yeah that's it's like fair. maybe once you take a trip in and you come back out you just delete those you know you just don't post those you go oh, I'll get it now but i i somehow these people made it all the way in and made it all the way out and then somehow thought I should put okay. this on the ground <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's a that's a great idea that should be a
2: great policy like uh yeah take all the pictures you want but only post after.
1: (laughs) Yes. That's the rule. Only post after you leave.
0: Yeah. Everyone should have a, all the pictures should have a caption like edit. Y'all, I went into the museum after this. My (laughs) bad.
1: (laughs) Edit. That's on me. (laughs) Um,
0: Marquise Houston. We talked about him before. He's a guy who is under scrutiny because he married a woman much younger than him. Um, And this time he's spoken up again uh he told page six that the reason he doesn't want to marry a woman his age is because they come with baggage and kids a red flag to me was always with a woman that had a kid nothing against single women but single mothers with children are a red flag to me um he, he met his wife, uh, Maya Dickey in 2018 through a mutual friend. He said, I tip my hat and respect the women that are raising children on their own, but when I grew up, I never really, uh, wanted to have kids. Uh, he made headlines in 2020 when, a, when at the age of 38, he married, uh, it was engaged to a 19 year old and he publicly defended their relationship. Uh, his wife is now 22 and they have two, they have a child together. And he's now 41 to which i think if they ever break up he's her baggage now you know <laughs> it's like oh yeah <laughs> when she becomes an older woman uh if she if they don't make it uh she's got kids and an ex-husband that are clearly baggage
1: and this right here frustrates me because i understand people have personal preference about if people you know with kids and all that type of stuff But my thing with this is, all it does is confirm what a lot of people are saying you like people young and dumb and stupid that haven't experienced life yet right. you want somebody that you can control that you can manipulate that you can mold and shape into what you want them to be you don't want somebody that's independent thinking that might tell you no that might tell you they don't like that that might actually force something contrary that might actually force you to fucking grow up you don't want to deal with somebody like that mm-hmm. you want to deal with somebody who has not experienced enough life yet to actually know who they are so if I don't know who i am i i don't have the i don't have the capability and i don't have the parameters uh, around me to go okay these are my barriers the the, you know i I, these are the things i can and cannot deal with or i will and won't deal with Mm -hmm. you can only get those things by just living right and so all you all all people are saying is like hey doll we were saying it was a problem because She hadn't lived life yet. Like, you snapped her up Mm -hmm. before she could go out there and just experience life to find out who she is. And when you say shit like this, it just confirms that, okay, we was right about you when you make these comments. And on top of that, it's very insulting, particularly being a black woman. It's very insulting for you to say this because people act like when women have kids, they have them by themselves. Right. These kids don't just fucking appear out of nowhere. It's a man somewhere that's attached. So... The dad has no responsibility. He can just do whatever he wants to. But the person that decides to stay a lot of time, which is the woman, actually gets a lot of the blame and a lot of the fault, right? For it, regardless of what happened, and on top of that, they could be in a good relationship. There's people that break up and they have great relationships with that with with their uh, a significant other, a father, or whoever. And so for me, I'm, I'm sorry, going to go change. It's just really frustrating mm-hmm. to actually just listen to you say this,
0: right?
2: Ah, it was wonderful to listen to you say that. <laughs> I... Uh, I co- that, I was going to say, I think exactly the same thing in the exact same way. So thank you for voicing. my I, 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 I think you're exactly right. And, uh, I feel like an example of the kind of thing you're talking about, uh, the perfect example, there is no other perfect example than, uh, Eminem who, uh, truly like, you know, spent a lot of his career, uh, you know, being angry at his mom in very creative ways, but. Uh, there's one album some years ago where I feel like he had a song that basically apologized to his mom mm. I think it was on like the Marshall Mathers LP 2 maybe right. where he was sort of like rehashing but like having grown and been like kind of came to the point of like oh like I was mad at you because you were the one that was there right. like I couldn't couldn't yell at my dad because right. he wasn't there but I'm like truly much angrier at my absent dad but I right. can't Yell at my absent dad and have it do anything for me. So that's why he's like, "I'm sorry that right. I yelled at you." My present mom doing the best that you could uh with having been left I by. Think, I think
0: I remember dad. that song. I think it was like, "I'm sorry, Mama." Yeah, I never like headlights. To hurt I think you. was the name of it. Maybe with yeah. the guy from Fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, I, what he also goes on to say. I would talk to my dad a lot. and He would always tell me to have your own kids because you never know what the baby daddies are about. So if you're going to have kids, make sure it's with a woman that never has had kids. So that was always my red flag and a woman with an attitude. I don't like women with funky attitudes.
1: Oh, well, then you don't like women. I don't know a woman woman who (laughs) who don't have a a funky attitude every now and then. You think we just wake up like this every day smiling because society has told y'all to say bitch smile all the time get out of here i don't care Uh, what kind of woman you are everybody has a funky
0: attitude i don't know that i I, maybe he's thinking about like a constantly funky attitude but i've noticed that a lot of times people's attitudes are in response to the people around them yes you know oh (laughs) it don't come out of nowhere it's like every time i come around you got a bad attitude it's like "Mm." it might be you
2: (laughs) You know, there's, uh, my, my girlfriend Rini shared with me this, I forget where this is from, and maybe she'll come in and let me know, uh, but there, there's a story of like, uh, a new, a family comes to a town, they're like, and they are like, hey, we're thinking of moving in here, what kind of people, uh, do you have around here? Like, what are the people like? And they're like, well, what were the people like back where you came from? And they're like, oh, they were kind of mean. And, like, they would talk about you behind your back. And they were backbiting, you know, all these things. And it was – we didn't like them at all. And they're like – yeah, well you might find some people like that here, you know? And they're like, <laughs> okay, we'll move on. And then another family comes and they're like, what are the people like here? And they're like, what were the people like where you came from? And they're like, they were actually very kind and generous. And we were sad to move because we made so many wonderful connections with all the, the wonderful people in the community that were just so compassionate. And they're like, well, I think you're going to find people like that here as well because we all project. Uh And so of course, like, do you know this thing you ever watched justified the TV show? I, I know of the show. I haven't watched it. Uh, I love it. There's one I'm not gonna spoil I'll spoil one joke. Okay. I was just I love it so much. The the main character played by Timothy Oliphant, Raylan Givens, I think. Mm-hmm. He says uh, he says, If you meet an asshole in the morning, you met one asshole. If you meet assholes all day, you're the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like that <laughs> if you I mean, I feel like it doesn't even make sense to have a type of that you're interested in, like prescriptively, because you can be like descriptive and look like, Oh, look, as it turns out, look, uh, I, there were a lot of people that had some things in common, but I don't even think that really happens that much. But like, everyone is so different that like, if you close yourself off to like a person with a kid or a person who had an attitude one day that was different that like, like you said, Karen, I feel like, like it. Maybe an attitude just means, like, somebody who will disagree with you when you're wrong, you know?
0: Yeah, and also, like, I mean, to me, if you close off yourself that way, you're always going to be right you know because because you're not giving it a chance like if you're like i don't like women that got kids it's like well you're right you shouldn't date women that have kids because clearly you're gonna be fucked up about it so why even bring some woman and her kids into that situation right um i also find it interesting that he is the like he's approaching all of this as if he's the pristine catch you know what i mean like i'm a 40 year old man of course every every woman wants me he also said women that are my age they kind of have a different outlook on life like a lot of women my age are very independent Mm -hmm. they're very like i don't need a man to do this for me because i can do it for myself i come from a generation that i love to provide for my wife there's a lot of women my age i've dated they may have baggage they may have kids they may not there's so many different women i've been with throughout my life it just so happens to be that this one maya caught my heart everything that i prayed for everything that i wanted in a woman she came with although she was young i'm young in spirit the immature member that's the name of the group he was in immature member. i'm a baby yeah (laughs) yeah i also like that he basically described a child like when he's like uh women my age can do things for themselves i need someone that Uh depends on me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it's like
2: he's saying two completely opposite things also he's like i want to take care of someone but i don't want someone who is taking care of that like it doesn't make sense why wouldn't then you why don't you want to be with if it's an independent woman who has a child who doesn't need you, then what are you even – what are you complaining about? What are you talking about? It doesn't – like right. like, are you – because I feel like the reason that most people – if you don't – like if you don't want kids, then don't have kids, right? right? If you – and if you don't want to be with someone with kids, like that's – you're allowed to not right. be with someone with kids. Like no need to – Judge and make it like a blanket statement, be like, hey, everyone out there, if you have kids, I'm not interested. Just, just date people who don't have kids right. if you want to date people who. Who don't have kids, but the reason why people don't want to date people with kids sometimes is they're like, well, maybe I don't want to be a parent. Maybe I'm not ready to be. Maybe I don't feel responsible. Maybe I don't want to take care of people. But this guy's then turning around and saying, like, what I want is to take care of people. I want to take (laughs) care of people, but I don't want to be with somebody with a kid because I have to take care
0: of them. Like, what do you? Right. I want to be with a kid, not she has a kid. Right. Um, Also, he goes on to say, in the immature days, once again, that's the name of the group he was in. We would have light skinned girls in our music videos. Then people would question why can't you get a black girl? And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I only like light skinned girls. Then the plus size girls would come and get me. I was like, man, I can't catch a break. I like that he doesn't think any of his problems are self inflicted.
1: At, <laughs> at all. At and, all. And and just 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 listening to him, he he to me he feels like a Facebook meme where you go yeah. thoughts. Mm-hmm. He feels like a long ass Twitter thread with the ashy ass niggas. that be uh, posting shit online like like everything you said. You are checking off all of those boxes. Yeah, it's
0: very toxic. It's it's like, but it's like Mike said. It's like, why am I meeting assholes all day? It's like, bro, you don't yeah. see
1: right. And, and on top of that, <laughs> yeah, you, you don't see a lot of this. is ego. Like you know, your ego is so big and so huge that you will not allow somebody to not need you you know mm-hmm. and not only him it's a lot of men that are like that just from from being observed I think, I think also
0: nine. like it's a crutch right because it's a shortcut what you're thinking is in your insecurity if a person has to need me then they can't leave me and I can't ever not be in control mm-hmm. which is what at least that's how I'm receiving what he's saying is a very much like I need a woman that can't do things on her own because then she won't need me and any per- woman that doesn't need me with the, with the way that I am would not deal with me. I need her to need me or else I can, cannot truly be in control of this relationship. And I, cause I think in a healthy way, uh, at our best, a lot of us would hope when we're in a romantic relationship that we are doing things that the other person feels that they need, you know, you would hope to, to like, I don't think that's a bad impetus Unless it comes from like the insecurity of I want to control you. I, I would, I, I hope that Karen does go. I am hungry and Rod is making lunch and I'm expecting to have lunch every day. I like, I like to be needed in that way. What I, what I wouldn't want is for it to be like, if I don't do this, Karen can't or won't eat because to me that's that's like a level of of like re- that's like having a child it is literally like what a baby would have to do is like yes. a baby can't eat without me i don't need that level of being needed
1: yes and it's also
0: yeah i go ahead no go ahead mike you gotta go edit ahead karen.
1: karen. oh and also okay you know what
0: go karen then mike
1: yes and also i think for one <laughs> of the things for me uh, like, and, and I am, I guess I keep talking about this because I'm very, I know me, I'm very sensitive to, to like, to like to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things where it just, it just irritates me when you hear men go, well, I don't need an independent woman. Like being an independent woman is just this devastating thing. Um And that when you go, well, a woman don't need me. Well, it's one of those things is partially y'all fault because of patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like men create the problem and then men get mad because now they're victims of a problem that they created. Um, Because it's one of those things where um, for a lot of women, they particularly, you get older, you've been through enough shit and you've dealt with enough people that you would be like, fuck it, I can do it by myself and I can do it on my own. Mm Mm-hmm and you know and a lot of times for a lot of women it's out of necessity it's not because you want to a lot of times it's because society wraps its minds and force you to and for a lot of women, they don't want to lower their standards and take anything for some dick. I can go get some double D's and go about my business, put it up, and I don't have to deal with it past that. I ain't got to feed it, take care of it, none of that. You know, if it's just about the quote-unquote satisfaction.
0: Right. And it's
1: one of those things where you need to bring more than just your money and your penis. Yeah, and I think a lot of dudes think I walk in the door I have this and you should just be satisfied and worship it and that's not so the requirements are higher and they get mad because the requirements are higher and they don't want to meet the standard or whatever that woman's standard is and that's not funny sometimes you might be outside your league men don't ever think you're, they're outside their league when it comes to women they think I have a penis I have my right to any woman of my choosing that's not always so
0: mm-hmm. um Mike. word
2: <laughs> yeah, I have uh, three quick things. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try quick. Uh, one from earlier when we were talking about this guy's, you know, victim mentality, like I, I can't catch a break. You know, yeah. when I'm rude to fat people, <laughs> then they get mad at me. When I'm rude to darker skin people, then they get mad at me. Like, why won't it reminds me of. There's a comedian I love, Andy Kindler, mm-hmm. and years ago when Carlos Mencia was very famous and popular, mm-hmm. uh, Andy had like an impression of Carlos Mencia that went like this. He was like, Oh, so I'm the bad guy? Because I said the racist thing. Like, that's what this guy sounds like to me. I don't know him well, but he's like, well, me? I'm the one. I keep stepping on everyone's feet, and they keep complaining about it. Why won't they shut up? So – that's one thing. Another real quick, uh, people in the chat have been bringing up, uh, the concept of the alpha male, which mm. if you, if you look up in like the actual like literature of science, the way that alphas, uh, arise in like wolf packs and in I think in other primates uh it's not the biggest strongest that can beat up everyone it's the one who can like gather a coalition of like like-minded who's like can get along with everyone and can help mm-hmm. if there is some like attack from within or without to be like okay we got this what can we do together to unite it's like you know a uniter not uh, not a a strong divider right. and the other thing just I feel like the the final thing that I that I was what is it? oh yeah the idea of being needed is if you want to be in a relationship like we all like we're as a human as humans right. uh, and I think most animals as well, but certainly as humans, we're a communal species. We're communal creatures. Very few of us could survive on our own. We need often a community, often a family, often a partner. Like not everyone needs all of those things. You know, you can live in a village on your own. You You can live in the woods if you want to. But most of us need some help, some human contact. And so I think the thing that's noteworthy about this guy and what he's saying, it's like it's not wrong to want to be needed or to need someone. But in most Uh, functional, optimal relationships, it's not that Karen needs Rod and Rod doesn't need Karen. It's both. Like, in my relationship, like, I... I provide things that uh for my girlfriend and she provides things for me like the way if you had like two like playing cards like leaning up against each other or even just two people. You can like if right. we can both lean on each other, we can both back to back, like count on each other. And like where one of us would fall, we're both like doing a trust fall against yes. each other okay. all the time. And in that way, it's trust and no fall because we're both. Holding each other up and lifting each other up and providing things for each other that we, we don't have everything in our own experience, but you, you guys get it. Like you, yeah. we provide to each other. And there are relationships where, look, if you want to have a relationship where one person provides everything and the other person like can consensually, like, pro- you know, proactively agree that they're like, oh yeah, you, but you both have to give, like it Something. has to be giving on both sides. Yes. Right. I think
0: uh, the thing for me too is um when you when people talk about relationships and they talk about being needed in this way it feels like a power argument and not necessarily a reciprocal situation and what it makes me think is like <clears throat> you feel like you you have a negative you have a a scarcity mindset of I have to be needed because you're afraid that you won't you're you're not wanted you know cuz I think if you're if you're wanted there's a different feeling like if you do mm-hmm. things that make someone want you right because whether even if you think it's a need but if you're cooking every day if you're cleaning if you're if you make the most money or whatever if you're uh, how you uh how you show up for someone when they need like emotional support things that like there's things that make you want a person you know absence make the heart go fonder because you want to be around that person And I think when you take that out of the equation and you just go well i gotta make sure this person can't eat if i'm not around i gotta make sure this person can't you know sign documents to get their own stuff i don't want a person that can do things for themselves what you're really saying is i don't bring anything to the table if you don't need me and a 40 year old woman she won't need me because she's made it 40 years without me and she definitely not gonna want me because i'm doing a lot of unwantable shit you know (laughs) like i have a lot of fucked up opinions right and you tell (laughs)
1: on yourself and uh, to go back on what mike was saying. about uh, alpha males one thing i realized about alpha males guess what they don't say i'm an alpha male a lot of times they just appear and they just be their their presence will let you know that they're alpha.
0: i don't even really fucking believe in that shit like everyone every and it's weird like i don't know if you had this experience too mike every time i'm around men that bring up alpha male stuff and they're not and and i'm not around these men who are like pro alpha male things Mm -hmm. like they're Mm -hmm. not like they're not preaching the stuff Mm -hmm. you know they're not like andrew tate But every time I'm in a situation where this comes up, and I'll be like, yeah, I don't really believe in that. And they'll be like, that's because you're alpha male. I'm like, I don't even see this as a compliment.
1: <laughs> like, I as a compliment. like, I wasn't don't.
0: fishing for a compliment, dude. I, I honestly think this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: they're gonna ride. You can't see you it. Keep on, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you keep on doing the opposite of digging your grave. You keep on building your monument. <laughs> you know, my uh, my girlfriend can hear us in the other room, or she can hear me. Uh, and she, she shared that, I believe, in in primates like Mm. the monk the the alphas among monkeys are the monkeys with the most serotonin who are the calmest Mm. the calmest ones Mm. who can help everyone else be calm because that's the mark of you know a positive society a positive community is not one that's like ready for war at all times and you know on edge and like i could defeat anyone but people who can you know Defeat their own inner demons and right. be chill. And so, you know, I don't, I'm so sorry to agree with these assholes uh, <laughs> that are telling you, but it does sound like you, Rod, are by this <laughs> definition that you don't believe in. God damn it, son a of chill, a Chill, calm. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but for if anyone, for most people, like uh, to say that someone's an alpha, yeah, because most of the time, an alpha, like you know, there's a Brian Regan has a joke right. about. Uh, Sully, you know, the, the hero who, who landed the plane in the Hudson and people didn't die. And his joke is like, they're like, they, that guy's a hero. Then they talk to him, they interview him and he's like, like, are you a hero? And he's like, Oh, I'm no hero. I'm just doing it. What anyone would have, like, he said he is a hero. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said he wasn't one. So he is right. one. That's like the mark. Right.
0: You're the leader now. It's uh, like, no, totally. I would prefer not to be. Oh, yeah. It used to happen to us on the podcast that's- when, uh, people would call us activists because uh, they would mm-hmm. want to like give us this like f- this lofty title of like you know the work you're doing with your podcast this is like good for, you know you're an activist Rod and I'd be like no I'm not Mm-mm. and they'd be like don't say that no that you know you're just being humble I'm like I literally feel like I'm not an activist yes, I, I, I see God, what they do and I'm don't not doing want, that I, and, and, and because the other part is like there comes an expectation Mm-hmm. when you put on a label like that and i respect the label it's like if i call myself a stand-up comedian i've never been on stage i'd be like yeah i haven't done the thing and i think it's okay that i'm not yeah. a stand-up comedian yeah.
1: that's why i'm a sit-down comedian yeah yes. but
0: you know in certain conversations mm-hmm. there's stand-up comedians who'll say like no nah, man don't say that about yourself i was like no i'm we're being literal this is a textbook definition i don't get on stage and do stand-up i think that's a big thing so I kind of feel that that happens to me with with some of these labels, you know, whether it be the alpha male thing or the activist thing, and I know it's coming from a good place, yeah, because is it's, they think it's a compliment, but I I don't need it. I'm good.
2: Well, if I if I may say, what a what a brilliant activist statement you just made. <laughs> and, well, I wanna uh, truly I I hear you, and I I do love you know. I think it's the Maya Angelou quote, or perhaps a, a paraphrasing of it. You know, if someone shows you or tells you who they are, believe them the first time. Yeah. But also, if someone tells you who you are mm. uh, and you don't agree, you don't have to believe them. <laughs> like, but what you what you could say? I want to I want to yeah. offer. I want to I want to tell you a story about mm. some advice that I got once that I I just well I'm not going to I know people don't love to get unsolicited advice but here's mm. a tool that has been valuable to me in my toolkit. One time, you know Jesse Joyce the comedian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Jesse uh Jesse who I feel like, you know, I know y'all are uh you know aligned in the the Keith and the Girl world yes. and I remember Jesse is one of the Jesse. comedians who years ago was like Yeah, one of the most vocal, telling Keith that he wasn't a stand-up comedian as much as he would be if he got on stage more than once a year, because to Jesse, like, Jesse would never call you a stand-up comedian. He would. He might say you're a comedian, a podcast comedian, a funny person. Like, there's many, you, I mean, the main point is that you get to determine what your identity is. You get to determine how you identify as a a human in the world. I just listened to my friend Chris Duffy has a podcast called How to Be a Better Human, Mm -hmm. and had on this non-binary artist named alok and alok they are so they're a poet they're a comedian they're this beautiful like you know gender activist in a way but they're basically like I only make the only label I take for myself is artist because it's the only one that can contain all of the chaos of Mm. all of the other things that I do and the ways people perceive me. And so, Jesse, years ago, in 2010, I uh, had my Comedy Central half hour come out. And in late 2009, when I recorded it, at some point after the recording, Jesse saw me and was like, hey, I heard about the. The recording, I heard you're doing a half hour, congratulations, Uh great, great job, and I was like, thank you so much, like, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know I talked at him for a couple minutes, <laughs> going through, like, spilling out everything, I don't know if you can imagine me talking for a while, but I spilled out all of these concerns that I had, because, like, oh, yeah, it was really, it was good, though there were a few minutes where every once in a while, I said something not the way that I intended, but I mm. took it back, and they, like, did it again, I think they can edit it, and I'm pretty sure it'll turn out well, I think the audience was endeared to me even more and after i went on for a while he was like hey man you know you maybe could just say thanks and i was like that's very valuable thank you for that Because so i thought about that for more than a decade yeah. that like because it's the artist's burden to know what might have been is right. what uh, saxophonist charles burns i believe said like when we do a show when you do something like Somebody could be hearing your show for the first time, and you might be like, oh, that wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my Mm -hmm. best. I know what it could have been. But to them, it's probably 90% the same as any of the others. Like, they're not going to notice what you notice. And, like, why? It's kind of like doing a a disservice to your fan to be like, no, it wasn't that. And this is a slightly different thing where somebody's like, you are this, and you don't have to agree with them, but uh, you could just say, like, saying thank you doesn't, like, mean that now you have written a contract that people (gasps) now can be like, hey, you said thank you when someone said you're an activist, and now I notice that you're not doing all the things that other activists are doing when you have now become a member of the activist community by saying thank you, as we know, is legally Mm. binding.
1: (laughs) But I really do think that (laughs) (laughs)
2: that you like, I, I, I understand. And it's, it's so, I mean, it could be easier. It could be helpful, like to not, uh, to not, if somebody says you're a comedian, if somebody says, I mean, obviously there's terms that don't apply. If somebody says, no, you're, what you're doing is kind of like music. You're like a musician, but like, it's all relative in a way as well. I have a new joke about how, you know, essential part of it is that, If you're a poet, then I'm not a poet. But if you're not a poet, then I'm a poet. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I write poetry. Like, I'm more a poet than a lot of people because a lot of people don't write poetry. And, but I'm also not officially a poet. I'm not legally, like, I don't make my money getting, like, writing poetry. I don't put it down on my taxes. Mm -hmm. But, like, like, you get to, you know, I, you might ride a bike. You might not be a cyclist, but you're, you can ride a bike. You're a cyclist more than I am because I never learned how to ride a bike. You know, like, those are things. That are, so if the, and labels are just meant to be helpful, cause humans are, you know, uh, uh, we're a categorizing species. We're seeking stories and patterns that make sense to be like, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. and they're, what they're seeing in you is the spirit of these things they're yeah. seeing the spirit of a comedian they're seeing the spirit of an activist even if you're not one in the letter you're a hundred percent and uh it says now on the screen i see we're waiting for the black io
0: tips podcast okay to... hold on I'm, re- I'm refreshing karen oh my goodness i don't know why it disconnected everything was going fine and it had just dropped i'm coming right back uh and
2: taking them to heart yeah. and uh re- and i think he's gonna come back a uh, and now it's just me and karen so uh happy he to be here with back, you karen
1: mike. yay uh,
2: and back. uh oh and oh, i don't hear karen anymore because i guess i was saying through rod's scenario
0: oh my god uh so, but i guess so um hold on <laughs> guys now we can't hear mike on my side Y'all, they hello in the chat room. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
2: uh uh rod will be back but in the meantime i do like i think that the spirit of who we are and the letter of who we are like the not that one is important and the other isn't important like it's great to know who you are in the letter of the law and it's also good to know who you are in spirit and how you appear to others may not be how you appear to yourself but it's also nice to you know i respect honor i respect both. that yeah.
0: but i feel like honoring my truth is uh as a person i don't like to be mislabeled you know Absolutely. and so i i think um what happens is that they think it's a compliment and because it's a compliment they think i'm rejecting the compliment as opposed to just being like i would just i feel fine being not uh labeled that way and is and I still receive the good energy because I know where it came from is a good place. God, son of a goddamn. He'll
2: receive the good energy, but we don't receive it anymore. I'll tell you this as well while we wait for him to reconnect again. Uh, Lenny Bruce, one of the most influential comedians of all time, once said, "I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce," and I truly do feel like that uh, when you achieve a certain level when you attain a certain status in whatever art form you're in like one of the highest like compliments one of the highest aspirations for a lot of people is to not be even like the best comedian or the best podcaster but to be yourself like to be like prince is prince you know and beyonce is beyonce and
0: there need be no i had to refresh everybody i'm so sorry this is I don't she, know what's happening. Like, what? You don't
2: even. Once you're, once you're Beyonce, you don't have to worry about what genre you're in. You're the Beyonce genre. Like Reggie Watts is the Reggie Watts genre. You know, like Maria Bamford is the Maria Bamford genre. And Rod, you are the. Wait, oh God, Dude, what just happened <laughs> now? Oh,
0: <disappeared>, son of <laughs> And then he disappeared ah. again and <laughs> I, could, I could hear you the whole time yes
1: i could hear you too but uh
0: yeah i was something was happening with that browser so i closed it we're just gonna use chrome now um <laughs> but yeah no i appreciate the the sentiment but yeah it's just not you know i just i and i and in my head i am one of those people that that goes uh uh i respect this title enough to understand there's things that come with it you know responsibility and and I'm
1: not willing I don't want to do you know and I can say it's out of respect that I don't grab the hat and put it upside my head because I was like well I'm not because of me I don't have that type of um
0: yeah I'm just like I mean now technically someone could hold you to that standard even if you disagree but but at least I have a say in in the part I have a say in is the part that I want to um be like uh uh <laughs> like like hey, hey i I respect and understand where you're coming from I don't need that for me but you know, I don't want to yeah. get stuck on that but just no, know. I think I think you're in good company as well.
2: Like it's not the exact same thing, but I think there's a parallel between like John Stewart and and or John Oliver, yeah. who are both you know they are comedians and they would identify as only comedians. Even though for a time, I think some percentage, some majority of like young people were getting m- their news mainly from yes, The Daily Show, even though it's not a new, it's a it's a a comedy news show. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, there was real news like, like, they did real mm-hmm. research, but mm-hmm. they're not journalists. Like, when jo- mm-hmm. when Jon Stewart would go and hold journalists to task and be like, hey, mm-hmm. you're not being a good journalist, they could be like, well, you're not being a good journalist. He's like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> a
1: journalist. <laughs> right.
2: I'm a comedian, and I – people shouldn't be getting their news more from me than from – Theoretically you a journalist, right? But like you're more of a clown than me, the clown. Right. (laughs) Like that like that's Ah! a huge
0: thing. Um uh, another major news story. Uh Jonathan Majors, the actor, uh reportedly has been dropped by his management and PR teams following the domestic violence charges that he was accused of.
1: Oh, yeah
0: i think like his pr team or lawyer or whatever at first put out this like broad statement that made it it was almost unequivocal like this is clearly a setup this man will be free he's got witnesses there's a video he's gonna be exonerated we're all gonna see this huge misunderstanding and that was a few weeks ago and no one's seen the video i don't know that any of the witnesses have come forward um and who knows what's happening behind the scenes but anytime your pr people and management drop you which is literally the time that you pay them for you know what i feel like yes like
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> like, like like this is why they pay you for like moments your, like your,
0: this your pr people and your crisis manager people are literally they got one job and if they get to a crisis where they're like my ah, this is too much it's not boding well for him um so I, I i really i mean i'm maybe we'll see that footage maybe we want and then If the footage isn't exactly as they said which i mean it almost had to be comically ridiculous to make it not him like him being somewhat physically aggressive towards this woman like i I don't even know what the explanation could be uh it was like you have to see a video of someone like beating themselves up and being like you're doing this to me and, and like completely faking it cause if not he's just a guy that like hit a woman and I don't think I mean whether it be Creed 3 franchise the Creed franchise where there's Marvel all those Marvel movies I don't think anybody wants to have that affiliated with their brand, so.
1: Nope. And, uh, uh, and I know, uh, uh, uh cause of capitalism, that's, you know, I mm. had to be like this, this. This is why I'm concerned. I love the Marvel franchise. So, uh, Mr. Kevin Feige and them go trust. They are somewhere saying, what do we do? And mm. how do we handle this? And, and, and now how do we, still keep these things we have in line and rewrite and revamp so Mm. trust somebody somewhere is having news right now about this
0: I saw a statement that was kind of a weird statement it was like there have been no discussions at Marvel to replace him yet or whatever and I was just like yeah that's kind of a non story isn't it (laughs) like isn't the fact that that's a story mean that he's probably out (laughs) like that you had to report it
2: it doesn't make any sense at all like there's clearly like there's definite like there's conversations I mean this is a conversation them saying there have been no conversations about this is number one at least the first if not probably the 17th conversation about this the good news is with all of the Marvel movies now and the fact that there is like a multiverse you know Mm -hmm. in the canon of Marvel like all they have to do is go Back, like Kang his character yeah. is a time traveler so all they have to do is go back in time and recast somebody else yep. or forward in time yeah. and uh, and they'll have a brand new Kang I mean they've yeah. had you know numerous like they've had numerous Spider-Man yeah. uh actors in the same Spider-Man movie which is pretty cool yep. like so good i think thank goodness the most important part of this story in which uh, a human was violently assaulted is that marvel will probably be okay yes
0: our entertainment you know that's what it's all about it's it's been interesting the response from people i traffic in online because a lot of people really 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 like this dude like he Mm -hmm. did a press run uh, he's, he's, he got all chiseled. He's like super sexy. Oh, yeah, he
1: did Lovecraft Country.
0: Yeah, he's just done a bunch of stuff, especially for like black entertainment. Like mm-hmm. black people really like his, his work. But because of that, even the people that normally are like, man, fuck this guy, you know, like right away, whatever, like someone's accused of something. Everyone's been given the most like nuanced, like <laughs> the most mm-hmm. like, Hey, hey, hey guys, you know, like let's hear him out. And I'm just like, I don't know, yeah, man. It's not looking not, good. That's what I
1: said It's not looking good at yeah, all. Yeah. Like
0: I, I get it. Cause I'm, the thing for me is that I'm kind of always a less hear them out guy. So, so. Yeah. Versus this a lot is, of them are not. Yeah. Right. This is the first time I've had company on the less hear them out side where I'm like, I don't, and it's never like, let's hear them out cause they're innocent. It's always just like, I don't need to rush the judgment. I have nothing to do with this situation. Either stuff will come out and we'll be like, right. Oh, that's what happened or stuff or or stuff comes out the other way you go oh that's what happened or nothing ever comes out but i at no point am beholden to like being the first person to call balls and strikes on this this isn't like Mm -hmm. a sports team or something where i'm like i think they're gonna win the game like it doesn't even fucking matter and but people are very invested in like you know like i saw someone say uh man he just needs first of all as, as mike astutely pointed out we're talking about Potentially, there's a there's a person who's been victimized here. Mm-hmm. But instead, people are like, "What he needs to do is go on the red table talk." I'm like, "How is that the most important thing to you right <laughs> now? That's crazy. This, we don't know this dude. But good nope. luck, you know, good luck. Yeah. To everyone involved.
2: If it turns out, I mean, that like again, we we just don't like. We live in a society right now where it seems like with the news cycle with pop culture with the media there's so many stories and i mean like you know we're here on your show you cover pop culture news stories but you don't cover all the stories and you can't do in-depth research into all the stories you don't have a team of journalists working for you we can only you know see the news as it comes out from the people who are reporting it on the ground so uh, like it's my friend Gus, uh, shared this perspective with me and it kind of, you know, blew my mind a little bit that he's just like, it seems like everyone thinks that they have to have a take on everything. And it's just often the case that like literally, I think you literally can't, you can't, you can't have a nuanced, detailed take on everything yeah. unless part of your take is, I don't know. Let's see. So like, Hello. The, yes, me. on the, let's hear him out front. Like, let's see, let's see what happens. Let's right. see what new information arises. And maybe, maybe this woman, maybe his right. victim would be the best person to be recast as Kang. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've already seen the recast of it. So funny. Um, this article, I'm not going to read the whole thing just cause, but I just thought the headline was funny and and, it, and it's a tongue in cheek article from the AV club. So I think they understand that it's funny as well, but it's, if the mario movie makes a billion dollars we really might be screwed (laughs) (laughs) and then it goes on to talk about how like if this movie which we do like which we do think is good is too successful then they'll make other movies which may not be as good and may not be as successful and then we'll have less good movies about other video games and stuff which is just like when we were younger and all the video game movies were bad so we don't want this thing and i just always find it funny because one uh movie critics treat movies like the stock market now we like it it just it just stopped at some point in my lifetime it just literally stopped being like i like this movie from one to five stars here's how right and it started being like okay i like this movie but what does that mean for the other movies and how does this mean what does it mean if is a franchise what does it mean for the company what does it mean for literally the movie theater stock you know stuff like i like the experience of pure sitting in a theater is the, is to me the main story right, right. but then the other thing is is there supposed to be some magical point where all the movies are good? Is that is no, that where we're, that where we're trying to get? Never be like. Are we trying to get to this fictional moment and where we only we are at max capacity of just good movies? No bad movies will ever be made, and and everything and who, like who I don't even know good. Yeah, was, I don't even know what why and it, and it feels maybe it's because we're all like children now. right? we're mm-hmm. all forty year old children and we never truly grew up we grew up in an internet age where everything's kind of at our beck and call we play video games to this day and maybe our entertainment is that important to us but like is it really that fucking important if all the movies are good i'm okay if they drop some bad video game movies yeah uh after this i enjoyed that mario brothers movie and Me i think too. that's fine it's it's not really supposed to mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be a tent pole of our life in a way that makes us worry i i do this when i go on nerd shows all the time when i'm a guest and this is and and now that i've said it people listening you won't be able to unhear it either listen to how many nerd shows are just about people with anxiety because they'll be like i'm I'm worried about Star Wars and I'm like why are you I'm worried about real world wars okay I'm worried, I'm worried about the <laughs> Afghanistan <laughs> war like like these aren't real problems really you know in that type of way but like I think it's just our anxiety needs a place to go and it goes mm-hmm. to the thing we're absorbed with the most which is at this moment probably entertainment but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know this kind of like this article made me just I just laughed because I was just like We've kind of lost the plot here, no pun intended.
2: Rod, uh, if I may say, that's a, a point well made, and I think it's really funny. Like, the idea that I'm anxious about Star Wars, and you're like, I'm anxious about real war- real wars. That is a funny joke. You are, and I won't accept that you're not a comedian. Uh a sit-down <laughs> podcast comedian. Yes, I'll,
1: I, take I, I'll I like take to that. I si- that. Yeah. That's, that's, I like the sit-down part because yeah. I don't stand.
2: <laughs> yeah, tr- truly, uh, the thing that you're saying, like it's in a in a Buddhist paradigm, like wherein uh, there is suffering is the first noble truth, and suffering the word that gets translated as that sometimes gets translated as discomfort. Mm. And even the things that are comfortable, even the things that are positive in our lives are a source of, uh, this discomfort Mm. because if something is positive, we worry about losing it. If something is negative, we worry about its impact. Will it be like that forever? Will it keep doing that? Like, And so I feel like this movie doing well, when a good movie doing well is a source of, you know, negative, you know, of of catastrophization, like it's just sort of a manifestation of the way that, Humans are essentially MacGyvers of suffering. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Like we can we can take anything, be like, "Oh, you you want suffering? Give me a piece of dental floss and a billion dollar movie." Yes. And I'll I'll give you and I don't even need the dental floss. I'm all out of gum. And yes. this <laughs> this movie can be a source of anxiety. Ramin Nazer is an mm. artist, comedy friend of mine who I love. Uh, he's done like some of my album and podcast artwork, and he's wonderful, Ramin Nazer. And there's a piece of art that I have of his that I think is hanging, uh, by my front door. And it's like two characters that are like kind of these just amorphous, you know, beings. One of them is all, uh, black, completely dark, and then the other one is like rainbow colored. Mm. And they're both depressed. Mm. And like one of the, the, the complete, like, you know, a black hole one is like, uh And of course, not in an African American yeah, black yeah, kind yeah. of way, but in a <laughs> I'm picking out which one now a, a deep dark depression kind of way. <laughs> that one's like, oh no, like what if this is forever and you know things are bad? What if it's forever? And the the rainbow one, the positive mm-hmm. one, is like, oh no, what if this doesn't last?
0: Yes. you know, and that's that's kind of you know most all it's of us who are like, I find because whenever I'm invited on like a nerd show or whatever. I, I hope I'm not their annoyance, you know, cause I'm the one who's like, yeah, but guys, it's it's a Star Wars movie, right? Like, we're going to be fine no matter what happens. (laughs) Uh, Like,
1: like, (laughs) Like it's going to be all right, right? They're like, you know, they're like,
0: what about, you know, like I remember one time I was on a show and uh, someone, (laughs) someone was like, well, what if my grandma wants to watch this movie and she doesn't have Disney plus? So then she watches this movie and she hasn't watched. the disney series based on the 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 movie and so she doesn't have all the backstory so i feel like they're kind of asking a lot of us and i just was like can't you just give your mom your disney plus password or something like (laughs) like like how we've created a problem that we have a solution to yeah because what i think is having the problem is the thing that i think people are uh tied to now and i think that's even tongue and cheek wise that's kind of what this review reminded me of is like okay. our culture is very much like i'm having a good time how is this a problem let me tell you, uh, uh, you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> i'm having Rod. a good time that's hilarious oh.
0: Can mm-hmm. I
2: can I say this? I I think mm-hmm. I've been in your position on shows as well that you know trying to contextualize. I remember in high school like there was a discussion about like raising funds to have like a lights on the football field so people could you know play football games at night and I'm like couldn't they just take the money and like feed people with it? <laughs> yeah. You know like there's what which is not the exact same thing and they're no, like no I'm, this is like this is football yeah. money not not food <laughs> football money. But but like I think that I think yeah, that there's yeah, like a, yeah. a when there's con- context is important right. like you go on the you go on these shows if it really seems like they're com- they're actually like you know anxious their anxiety they're like you know uh what is it clinical anxiety mm. is you know manifest it- it'll manifest in whatever way right. like you said like it'll be this or that and like Therapy is the answer to that, you know, like your, your point, you know, whack a mole down, be like, oh, no, this will be okay, but real war is the problem, but, so I do think it's, like, number one, a funny thing to say, to be like, to be like, hey, zooming out, like, isn't, (laughs) isn't this silly, and... And then hopefully if people can see that, then you can be like, okay, now that we see that, then we can zoom back in and be like, okay, in the world in which we understand that this is silly, right. like, then what are we, what are we going to do about, the, I about think, these movies? I
0: think like wacky movies. What's funny for, what's fun for me is always observing that these things were meant for fun right and then that's how I have fun within talking about them mm-hmm. is because even when something's bad or you don't like it you can still, still go ultimately w- these are grown ass people playing make believe and we're just having fun watching them yes. so like am I worried the Avengers next movie won't be great not really because con- contextually things that worry me are to me much more serious than that but yeah. in the world of making movies sure you can be worried about it but I think there's an attachment to worry that people have and I I try to divorce myself from it in general because I feel like it doesn't worrying typically is energy going to something you can't either you can't do anything about it at the moment because it's already past and you can't change the past or it's gonna happen in the future and it would be more productive to do something in the present if you want to change the future but these things are out of our hands when we talk about creative products so it feels like the kind of thing i wouldn't want to get attached i don't want my anxiety attached to it because i'm like it's so out of my control like i'd rather have my anxiety attached to like my credit score (laughs) or something that like something that i Ah! like even in those cases by the way something can happen you can't control but like i'd rather have it attached to something i I feel is a little bit more tangible to me. You know, like, oh, if I would like to lose weight, I can eat less calories today and one one day down the road, if I do this enough days, I will have lost weight, as opposed to like I can wish and hope all I want to. I can't make the next Star Wars movie great. That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> uh
2: I I love it. And can I can I tell you so I, this new album that I released has this joke on it. Uh, that is about, it's about Buddhism and how in Buddhism they say, Uh, Everything in your life is either something that you can control or something that you can't control, right? Mm. You either can control something or you can't control something. And they say, if you can't control something, don't worry about it because you can't control it. Mm. And if you can control something, they say, don't worry about it because you can control it. So there's actually never anything in life Mm. to worry about. And if that doesn't make complete sense, then, uh, don't worry about it. It (laughs) That's it. So. (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't didn't mean to step on the punchline that was so (laughs) good good. (laughs) you stepped on my punchline with laughter and
0: that's
1: (laughs) so loud
2: but like what you're saying makes complete sense uh because we in the moment like here's a do you remember i feel like this is like a a practice that's Mm -hmm. valuable from like some different spiritual and practical like uh walks of life like one year ago, what was the thing you were most worried about? Like that Mm. day on this day, that year, like it's, we can't do it. We can't be like three weeks ago. Like there's always something that, you know, is like of the most concern to us. Like for us right now, it may be the move or Mm. like, you know, figuring out where we're going to stay. Or when I have to be in the UK, do I have have to rent a car and figure out how to drive on the other side of the road? I like that. We call it the wrong side of the road. Yeah. I'm going to start saying the other, but (laughs) we, just watch
0: out for that uncut. chicken that's crossing it.
2: Yeah, but they, they... <laughs> I'm sorry i i was gonna keep i was gonna steamroll that, but uh, there we are. Thank you for that uh, that rubber chicken that I have to find to steamroll. Um, the The fact that like we that right now the thing that is like and there are big things like my mom said she got from like either Dear Abby or Ann Landers like that some problems are a lump in the oatmeal and other problems are a lump in the breast Mm. and like you know when you have a a problem that rises to lump in the breast then you're like oh wow I can't believe all the times that I was concerned Mm. with lump in the oatmeal stuff like war lump like even larger perhaps than lump in the breast collective massive you know society wide lump in the breast and but lump so many things on a daily basis are our own individual like it's we're I feel like I'm grateful whenever I realize that you know like I stub my toe and I'm like, ah well if that's the problem I'm dealing with now, like that's a manageable problem. Right. That's yes a concern that I can deal with. And yeah, it makes complete sense to thing, think about the things that we can control.
0: A thing that uh I I've made a video today. I haven't actually uploaded it anywhere, but I was at the basketball court uh I've just been going to the gym shooting around uh maybe do the track or something like that uh since I've been back home and I have I can have a routine again you know and so um I was in there and I realized something like one I had these new basketball shoes that I bought and they were too tight and so the last time I went to shoot around I literally could only shoot around like five ten minutes and my feet were hurting so bad I was like oh my god I don't even know how I'm gonna wear these shoes home to drive Uh, who was I that left the house thinking I could do this (laughs) and so I went on Amazon and I bought something that stretches your shoes and you just like insert it and you can like turn it Mm. and it stretches the shoes the other thing is my basketball um my it's been a couple years in the pandemic I haven't been going to the gym to play basketball because you know I don't know if you guys heard it was kind of dangerous and so (laughs) I uh my basketball deflated Slow, it would slowly deflate. This is like a couple years ago. It was like not, not a, like I could actually play basketball with it at the court and then the, overnight it would kind of deflate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so every time I played basketball, I had to pump it up with a little mini pump I had and stuff. And so I looked on Amazon and there was like a, this isn't an app for Amazon, but there was a, uh, uh, some type of ceiling you could buy.
1: Oh. Specifically
0: for a bat, like a basketball or a flat ball that has a flat in it. You just put it in. You you pump it up and then you dribble it, you know, bounce it around for a, for a while and then it seals it. And so mm-hmm. I got some of that stuff and last time I was shot around, I like dribbled the ball a long time and like it, this morning, ball was still inflated, no leak or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. My shoes I put on, my shoes had like room in them and stuff. And the video I made was like, every problem, somebody's had it before you.
1: Yeah, you don't really think about it. Everybody <laughs> like, goes into panic mode. You, you like may, may not have post- had post-
0: it, right? Yes. You may not have had the problem yet. So I'm to you, it's this brand new thing, this concept. you wearing it, like, whatever. And this is just a basketball on some shoes. But mm-hmm. I, to me, these were like, well, how the fuck? I'm just going to have to pump this basketball up every day. I guess I have to throw my shoes away. You know, this. this is what I was thinking. And I was like, someone else in the world has been like, I don't want to throw these shoes away i would like my shoes to fit on my feet bigger and and it was like so anyway my point being is the times that i spent worried about the basketball or the times that i spent worried about the shoes or whatever um it was more proactive to look for a solution and then use that solution to like make the things more accommodating to me and so now i still have my basketball my because it's my favorite basketball i still have my favorite basketball and i have these new shoes that i can wear and it's the worrying part was was i didn't next time i can avoid the worrying part kind of thing you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> like
1: yeah I, I feel yeah everybody <laughs> yeah kind of goes through this in their own uh, way and roger kind of joking about it but i i kind of get panic and worry worry when it comes to uh like technology stuff And so, you know, could asked me to do something and I'll panic and I'll just unplug shit. And he's like, I didn't actually do any of that. You're actually making the situation worse, which actually makes me worry more.
2: (laughs) That's funny. You know, like, I, I truly think the things that we there's so many things that come up that we didn't worry about because we didn't even know, like most of us didn't know that there was going to be a pandemic until very shortly before or during yes, the pandemic. Right. Like, you know, th- there were people in the government that uh, had previously been like, yeah, let's just in case there is a pandemic, we'll be ready for it. But uh not exactly, you know, everybody there either. But like, I also, I had uh, years ago, uh before my current relationship, there was a time when there were, I remember I was sort of, uh between I, I was I cared for a couple different people and I was like not sure what world like how the world was going to be and it felt very like dramatic mm-hmm. and I remember like being on the phone with my friend Zach and being like oh my god like I don't know and like eventually like we were remembering this time later, like during my current relationship, which has been going on for about seven years now. And, uh, you know, seven going on infinity. Like this is the one that's going to keep happening even beyond death. We're going to try not to die, but if we do, we're going to keep going. And <laughs> like, I like, I think, you know, marriage is, they're always like till death, do you part? We're like beyond death. We do yeah. part. And I, I, I remember we were like rehashing, be like, remember the time when I was like, man, is it gonna be person A or is it gonna be person B? And I was like, oh God, what is it gonna be? And then my friend Zach, uh, andor I think Zach and Renee, my girlfriend now, were both kind of like, yeah, and you didn't even at that time know about option the best. Like you didn't, <laughs> you hadn't even met the person that you were going to be with and want to spend your entire life with at that time that you were trying to be like, oh God, is it right. is it and so that's so much of us all yeah. of the time like we don't know like we of the of the oatmeal lumps like which ones we're not going to be worried about tomorrow or right. next week or next year for sure and you know all we can do is hopefully work on you know work on the the and, massive societal breast lumps
0: and i <laughs> and i also remember like back when you were like you had open relationship and uh poly, like you were doing like polyamory and stuff but you were also like so like confident and assertive mm-hmm. and like uh and, and to this day I still feel like a good representative of like this alternative to what a lot of people consider like you have to do or whatever you know like I was told this is what to do when I was a kid and this, this is what you do you, you get with one person and you get a house or whatever and they never stop to ask like do I have to? Do I want to? You know, and right. all that stuff. And it's interesting because, uh, then when you got with Rini and it's a closed relationship because y'all are very closed with each other. Um, and <laughs> close, we're close. <laughs> uh, they're very, yeah, <laughs> they're very close. It's there's not a lot of room in these apartments in New York, guys. No, no, it's, and, it's <laughs> But now it's like this, it's like, you know, uh, what people on the outside would consider like a traditional, you know type of relationship but I think because you didn't like express or put a lot of like worry about it or a lot of fretting out to people about it you kind of say it felt like to me on the outside looking in it felt like you saved a lot of worry to me like oh like now hearing that you're there was a time where you're like man I was really worried about this or I was thinking about this but at least on the outside looking in it's like man i feel like you kind of navigated that in a way to where you, when you showed up uh not showed up but when as you navigated this and you're like yep i'm a rainy now and this is the situation there's never a point where i was like oh man that's not what the situation used to be i was just like it's like <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was really there's nothing to worry about you sound just as confident as in forever and after death as you did when it was you know uh you know, uh, more of a poly situation. So I I think there's a lesson to that, too.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: really, here's a a weird analogy that I'm going to try to make sound reasonable. Uh, You know how, like, feminism made it possible. Like, it used to be that women couldn't work and women had to stay home. And eventually, like, feminists and the feminist movement made it possible that women could work and now women could now now women have the choice women can choose to work if they want or if they're in a relationship like let's say a lesbian relationship where one person makes makes the money and the other person is like i'm happy to stay home and take care of the house and take care of the kids and like that's not a normative you know like if you zoom in you're like oh a woman taking care of the kids while a woman is out paying the bills like So you can having the choice is the thing. And for me, when I was in open relationships, when I like resonated with polyamory and wanted to live that way, part of it was because I wanted to have the choice to live how I wanted to. And now I'm like, I'm like a feminist choosing (laughs) like I'm like, this is the home that I want to live in. I want to keep this home, this relationship, this art, this life. With my, with my wonderful girlfriend, with my partner, Rini, like, this is why I wanted to be, I wanted right. to be open to find the love that I wanted right. that I thought might come in, you know, multiple forms or multiple relationships over the course of years, which it did for a while come in right. multiple relationships over the course of years, some simultaneous, some, you know, uh, one after another. Right. Uh, but I'm like, oh, now this is, this is the one that fills, you know, and like I still have, like, of course, many platonic friendships, many right. wonderful, dear friends who I love that I I feel like I'm polyplatonic now, you know, and, and kind of <laughs> always have been, and that, but that is that fills if there was a need for like because you know no, no per for the most part. There is no person for whom one person fulfills all of your every kind of need. Like, you know, you're in a relationship, you're in a marriage, and also you have friends. Like, you know, I don't know, I don't know if y'all two play basketball together or if Rod's like, I'm going (laughs) to go play basketball with other people. And Karen, you probably have some things that you do without Rod. I have some Mm -hmm. things that I do on my own or with other friends. Renee has things that she does on her own or with other friends. And it's just, I mean, we figured out like what works. For us, and it's sort of like the way that, you know, everyone gets to determine, like, your own, like, we're all kind of, like, living our own religion, you know? Yeah. We're all kind of living our own, you know, to, to go back to the, the parlance of earlier, like, our own identity. We all yeah. get to, like, describe our lives, how they are internally, and how they manifest externally, and well, you know, what was true on Monday, that I wanted mo- multiple relationships, like, is no longer true on Wednesday, right. because of what happened on Tuesday, and what happened on Tuesday is I met and got to know and discovered like how deep and rich and you know, multifaceted being with this one human being is. It's also pretty beautiful that uh we are recording this now on a Tuesday. Yeah. So that's <laughs> what what happened on Tuesday yeah. is this.
0: Wednesday where a lot of people's lives are gonna be changed. Um yeah. well listen, this has been so fun. I think we can yes. sum this all up in uh don't worry, be no man. You know? Yeah. I think uh that sums up to most yeah, of our worry. thoughts. Don't worry be nomad. Yes. I love it. Yes. Be nomad
1: everybody. And don't worry about the lump in your oatmeal. Every time I eat oatmeal I'm going to think
0: about that. Um yeah. Mike, uh can you tell people about the new stand up album mm-hmm. and and where to find it? Yes.
2: Thank you so much. So the newest, widely released album is called Live In Between Albums, and it is on, you know, all of the places that you can download, stream, uh, or otherwise purchase. Uh, It was produced by the same folks who produced my last album, a.k.a. uh, Blonde Medicine. So it's on their site. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. Uh, Whichever evil corporation you want to support, you can do that. Ah. And. Uh, I called it Live in Between Albums because, uh, I recorded an album in 2016, no kidding, uh, about how I didn't want kids. I released an album in 2020, a.k.a. short for All Killing Aside, about how I don't want, uh, I, want I want there to be love and compassion and not murdering. So the two themes together are, uh, I don't want to make more people, and I also don't want to remove any of the old people. So I just want, like, the same amount of people. But I still felt so I, I really like doing these themed albums, and I also found that I was still writing a lot of jokes that didn't fit with either of the themes, and I wanted a share those jokes so in 2018 uh we released very narrowly just to satellite radio this album so it was only playing on satellite radio for the past several years uh which is why it'll say that it came out in 2018 but it only last month has been uh widely available everywhere live in between albums a beautiful new cover by ramin nazer and it's just full of Full of fun, silly jokes that really uh, are mostly, like, evergreen, not topical. You can enjoy at any point. I will say the only thing that's not evergreen about it is there's a track where I analyze the various uh, Fast and Furious movie titles. Mm. And I didn't know how many there were going to be. So it only goes up to probably six or seven. Mm. Uh, It certainly doesn't (laughs) get up to Hobbs and Shaw and Mm. nine and ten. But, uh, you know, there'll there'll be future albums where I'll get to... Uh, I hope that I hope that we never run out of fast and furious movies and I Me hope that either. i never as i don't as i hope that i don't die i <laughs> i hope that I'll never stop releasing albums and albums live in between those albums uh but yeah, so live in between albums is the name of
0: the the newest available one and I hope you enjoy it I do worry about the next fast and furious movie you know I'm just so upset. I, ha, I hope it's gonna be not, good. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it at all.
2: That was that was good acting. You're a good actor. In addition to a comedian and an activist, you have so many fingers and so many. Eyes. I like to call like myself an, as
0: well. I like to yeah. call myself an activist. You know,
2: ha, that's another example of you being a comedian.
1: Look at that comedian
2: slash activist so, <laughs>
1: thank,
2: thank you so much for having me as always and for yes, everyone else who of course uh, is listening and watching and supporting and and following the things that y'all do and i do
1: yes and mike before we let you go are you going to be performing live anywhere in case anybody want to catch you live you have any stand-up spots? and make sure you do man
0: i caught mike totally by coincidence i went to see like Chris Lambert invited me to watch him do stand up, mm-hmm. um, at, uh, I think Shticka Poland, it was the name of the show. And I, I didn't even know who the comedians were, um, and it's pole dancing and comedy and stuff. And then who comes in the door? Mike Kaplan. And I was like, what? The, the world is so big and so small fun. at the same yeah. time. So like, yeah, man. And, and he, uh, killed it. Uh, also like, <laughs> It, he killed it in a venue where it I feel like people don't all kind of know what to expect because it's like ah! literal pole dancing and then a stand-up comedian and then pole dancing and so uh it was it, it, he was he made like so many jokes and he's uh, literally mala minuteted like I like honestly god almost you don't have time to laugh because you're ah. you're missing something as you're laughing but it was but but you can't help yourself Cause of what you are catching makes you laugh so then you're just like I don't know if I missed the next great moment or not but guess what more moments are coming cause he's never gonna stop
2: more moments are coming. That's a good name. I like that. <laughs> I, I th- thank you for the kind words. It was a pleasure to see you there, and uh, for you to have. We both had a wonderful experience. I'm yes. glad. And uh, yeah, for people who want to have future wonderful experiences, uh, uh, the next place I go, I will be. In, I'm doing shows around New York. Uh, you know, a re- for the next week or two. Uh, if you're in the New York area, feel free to message me on whatever social media or uh email mike kaplan at gmail and i can tell you where those shows are some of them are on my website but for some of the new york shows they just come up pretty quick and uh but yeah I'll, you can check my social media i'm at mike kaplan and i post a lot of shows there i post them on my website i will next be uh Rini and i are going to take a trip to see her family and i'm going to do some shows in kansas city in early may then i will be in uh west virginia and uh knoxville tennessee in later may and then in june i'll be in san francisco and los angeles and surrounding areas there for a couple weeks so a lot of shows in california in july i didn't mean to say it like that july uh i started to say june but i'm like nope i already did june so i'll just keep going with july all right that was a problem don't say it like that anybody um I'll be at the Arlington Cinema and Draft House in Arlington, Virginia, near DC. And then one of my favorite clubs, Acme, in Minneapolis. And then Rini and I will be flying to the UK. I'll do some shows in England. And then for all of August, if anyone is in or knows anyone who will be in Scotland, uh, we'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe Fest doing my new show, my newest as yet unrecorded show so far, Imperfect. Uh, and so I'm going to be doing that a lot uh, around – oh, and I'll be doing it in New York. That's one of the things I'll be doing June 1st in New York in Brooklyn uh, at Union Hall. So if you're in New York or any of the places that I mentioned, reach out to me. Uh, let me know that you heard me on here, and uh, I will be happy to have you at these shows. And, yeah, follow my social media. And get. if you want my newsletter, it's mikekaplan.substack.com is where you can sign up for that. I send jokes out every week and other thoughts and uh you can subscribe for free and get even more if you want
0: there you go man and you have podcasts and and i mean he's a man of man of all trades uh jack of all trades uh and, uh, yeah, make sure you check them out. Make sure you follow the socials. Uh, if you get a chance to catch them live and don't forget to check out the albums and all that stuff. Yeah. Um uh, thank but I, you. I, may I say real quick? Mm-hmm. I'd like, I'd like to say that I'm a
2: master. I'm a, I'm a jack of no trades and a master <laughs> of all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, make sure y'all follow my man and, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, and of course, uh, you know, guys. Don't worry, be nomads. Until next time, (laughs) I love you. I love you, too. I love you.